So we are in a collection called Essentials. And what we're talking about is what are the things that are absolutely essential to our lives of faith. And in this season, we're focusing on the theme of prayer. And so today, we're actually going to go dive deeper into another practice of prayer that I know is going to enrich our community as we pursue God's heart. But before we get into that, why don't we open with the word of prayer? Yeah, God, we welcome you right now. Holy Spirit, would you come and make your dwelling among us? God, would you show us that prayer doesn't have to be dull, boring, or repetitive, but it can be fresh, it can be new, it could be life-giving. And so, God, would you awaken our hearts to the beauty of prayer, and especially as we dive deeper into this new practice of prayer, I pray that it would freshen up our prayer lives and take us to a new place deeper into your heart. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, we say, amen. All right, y'all. I'm going to need some crowd participation right about now. In the chat below, I want you to answer this question. What is a song that you really, really enjoy? Now, don't think too hard about it. It doesn't have to be your favorite song. It doesn't have to be a Christian song. It could be any genre. It could be a newie or an oldie. It doesn't matter. What is a song that you just absolutely enjoy that you are in love with? I think all of us could think of songs that we absolutely enjoy and adore in our hearts. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever found yourself at random times of the day humming a song that you might have heard a day, a week, a year ago before? Or let me ask you this question. How many times have you ever said, I got this song stuck in my head and I can't get it out? Or let me ask you this. You ever listen to a song and you feel like the lyrics of that song are just expressing the deepest cry of your heart? Like, "Mm, Mariah Carey just gets me. SZA just understands me. You ever been there? Or are you one of those people where just in random moments of the day when you're just doing chores or you're really happy and giddy, you just start making up your own song? I think it's safe to say that music has a powerful effect on all of us. In fact, just this week I was on YouTube just browsing and I came across an NPR Tiny Desk concert for one of my favorite artists. Her name's Leanne Lahavas. In fact, if you have not heard any of her music, go search her today right now. She is phenomenal. But I remember watching this Tiny Desk concert and you ever listen to something or you're watching an artist sing or just do their thing musically and it's like you are so blown away. You are, in, you are elevated into this new level of awe and wonder. It's a transcendent place. You're like, wow, I cannot believe something so beautiful exists. That's exactly the place that I was transported to as I was listening to my favorite artist just do her thing. And I think that's the beautiful thing about music. It is transcendent. It takes us to a place where normal words, ordinary words could not There's something powerful, magic, sacred, and I might even say something spiritual about music. Throughout scripture, we see many people, key people break out into song during key moments of their lives. It's almost like a musical, like when someone's talking and then all of a sudden they start, like they just bust out into song throughout scripture. In fact, in Exodus 15, Miriam sings her song of praise to God for liberation from slavery. In Numbers 21, Isaiah sings a song of thanksgiving for God's provision of water in the wilderness. 
In Judges 5, Deborah sings her fight song. Isaiah sings a song of judgment. Zephaniah sings a song of joy. And in Luke, Mary sings a song of praise. In fact, in the Old Testament alone, there's 240 plus exhortations for us to sing to the Lord or come into God's presence with singing or make melody to the Lord or enter God's court in song. And so that we see that throughout scripture that some of our favorite characters break out into song in the most random moments. And even today, we see that that's the case with music and song. During birthdays, we always sing happy birthday. During wedding ceremonies, during graduation ceremonies, and even funerals, we sing songs. We sing the national anthem before big sporting events. Even during the civil rights movement, protesters sang as they marched for justice. There's this really beautiful story of first responders in Haiti after the earthquake of 2010 who were singing hymns as people were waiting for food, supplies, and water. And so we see that singing and song is such a significant part of scripture, but it's still significant in our lives today. This is why Paul exhorts us in in Ephesians 5.19. He says this, be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And so we see that singing is an important part of our faith. But today, I want to expand our understanding of singing as more than just an expression of worship. I want us to begin seeing singing also as an expression of prayer. Not just an expression of worship, but an expression of prayer. Now, throughout Scripture, we see this beautiful relationship between singing, worship, and prayer. It's almost like PB and J. We see this beautiful marriage of worship and prayer found throughout scripture. In fact, King David at the height of his reign hired 288 singers and 4,000 plus full-time musicians. And their sole job was day and night to minister to God with music and with song along with the priests around the covenant. Day and night making song, making worship and lifting up prayers. Even in Revelation, John paints this beautiful image of heaven. It says, now when Jesus had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are prayers of the saints. And so this image that John paints for us of heaven, this prophetic image is that constant worship and prayer are being lifted up around the throne of Jesus. And some people refer to this as harp and bowl. It's how we lead prayer meetings. We partner worship with prayer. This is beautiful marriage between singing and praying. And as we replicate the scene from Revelation around the throne of God, as people are singing and praying, we see that God begins to recreate his kingdom all around us. All of a sudden, heaven invades earth. There's this powerful thing that happens when worship and prayer are united together. In fact, even when we look at the book of Psalms, it's actually a collection of Hebrew poetry that was originally sung. I know today in our modern era, we read the Psalms. It's almost like poetry or like a book. 
But the Psalms were originally meant to be sung. It was poetry set to music. N.T. Wright, famous biblical scholar, says the Psalms offer us a way of joining in a chorus of praise and prayer that has been going on for millennia and across all cultures. In fact, there's a Hebrew word, tefillah, for prayer, which means a prayer set to music or a poetic prayer, a sacred song. And this is the word used heavily in the first 72 Psalms. And so we see this beautiful marriage between praise and prayer, singing and prayer. St. Augustine said, those who sing pray twice. In other words, singing can be a beautiful form of prayer. It can be a beautiful expression of prayer. And I find that sometimes when I don't know what to say in my prayers, I'll try to sing them instead. Fred Anderson, who writes a lot about this, he says, singing is not a spectator sport. It engages the whole self in prayer. Song is the gift God has given us to unite our heads and our hearts in praise. I love this. Song connects our head and our hearts. And I don't know about you, but I think in our modern day Christianity, that's one of the hardest things to connect our heads and our hearts. To take what's true and real up here and make it felt right here. And what Fred Anderson is saying is that, that singing prayer is one way that we can Take what's up here and connect it to what's in our heart down here. I forget who said it, but one of my favorite teachers says, you can only say, I love you so many times, but you could sing, I love you for eternity. And I think that's so true. There's been so many moments in my relationship with Krista where I'll just run up to her welling with affection and I'll just begin singing of how much I love her, making up songs on the spot about who she is to me. I have so many songs. I'm not going to sing them for you because it'll embarrass us and you might think we're weird. But, but there, there's just moments where I love you. Saying I love you is not enough. And so I'll sing. And what it does, it brings my emotions to the place where my head is already at. Now, some of you are already writing yourself off saying, I'm not a great singer though, Mickey. In fact, when I open my mouth, everything around me dies. Hey, listen, it's okay. I love this because the Bible, get this, the Bible encourages us not to make a pretty noise, but to make a joyful noise. Hallelujah. And so all of y'all that are tone deaf that can't sing, it's okay. It's not the, the sound that's being produced that's pleasing to God's ear but it's the heart with which it's saying. I once knew a friend in youth group. I won't name his name, but I don't know. Have you ever met anyone that's truly tone deaf? I think sometimes we use that word too loosely. Um, There's some people that are like, you know, a little under okay at singing, but there are people that are tone deaf that are way down here. It's like, it's almost a distraction when they sing. And I remember I was standing next to this person during a worship set And I was trying to sing and worship, but I hear this dude next to me totally off, not even just like more than half an octave, just completely out of range, singing his own thing. And I remember in the middle of singing, I'm still singing, but I'm looking at him. I'm like, shoot, this guy, man, he's really going after it. And I'm watching him sing and he doesn't sound good. 
But I see with his facial expression and his body, he's worshiping God with all his heart. And in that moment, I thought, here am I singing a worship song while looking at this dude, this fully grown man singing his heart out to God. And I felt in that moment, man, God is so much more pleased with this guy's worship than mine right now. Because it doesn't matter what we sound like. It's the heart that fuels what we sing that's important to God. And so today, we're going to dive deeper into this practice called singing prayer. And it's not, too, it's not different from worship, but it's another way of posturing ourselves to look at worship differently, to see it as more than just songs that we're lifting to God, but to see them as prayers that we're lifting to the Most High. And so today, we're going to look at three things that singing prayer does And then we're going to share how we're going to dive deeper into this practice as a community together this week. Y'all ready for that? I know you are, especially you. All right, singing prayer. Number one, what does singing prayer do? Singing prayer, first and foremost, transforms us. I don't know if you've heard it said, but you become like what you worship, you know, this week I, um, I was really late to the game, but I started watching The Last Dance, this phenomenal documentary series about the life of Michael Jordan and the height of his career. And there was this one ad campaign during Mike's career that resonated with all of America. It was simply this, be like Mike. And it was interesting because I remember when the Bulls were making that championship run, I remember at my school how many people came dressed in Bulls gear, they were wearing their Jordans, they were playing basketball, they're trying to emulate their hero. And because I think worship sometimes can be replaced with the word behold. You become like what you behold. In in fact, what you give your attention to is what you worship, and what you worship, you become. So these people were watching their idol, Michael Jordan. They start looking like him. They start playing like him. They start talking like him. Growing up, my hero was Michael Jackson, and I'd listen to his songs, watch his videos all the time. And after a while, I started dancing like him. I started singing like him. Why? What you worship, you become. What you behold, you become. Now, if you grew up in youth group, y'all had that one worship leader that was a big Matt Redman fan or Hillsong fan, and every time they led you in worship, because they listened to Matt Redman so much, they start speaking and exhorting in a British accent. Come on, y'all been there. If you've, if you've been there, put, put an amen in the chat. I had a friend named Matt who loved Matt Redman, I think maybe because they had the same name, but also he just loved the anointing that Matt Redman had. And every time he'd lead us in prayer, I swear to God, he'd be like, God, we thank you. We thank you for today. And he's a Korean American dude. But when you watch someone, when you behold and give your attention and worship something for so long, not saying he was worshiping Matt Redman, but he was watching him a whole lot. You begin talking like sounding like you become like what you behold. And so as we sing about Jesus, we are transformed more and more into his likeness. One of my favorite worship leaders, Jonathan Helser, says, when we sing who he is, we remember who we are. And so music has a way of transforming us. It has a way of moving us in ways that words alone simply cannot. I remember I was preaching at a service, and I remember a newcomer came. And whenever newcomers come, I try to look at them very often to see how they're engaging with service. 
I, I was leading worship that day. Throughout the entire set, I'm looking at this newcomer, this dude, totally not having it, just zoning out, not even paying attention. Even during like the big build, like you know that moment that's supposed to hit when you build up to the bridge? Wasn't having it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to start preaching. So I started preaching throughout the entire sermon, completely zoned out on his phone. Like, dang, I missed this guy. All right, let's get him with the altar call, with the prayer. Praying at the end, I swear he was asleep, not paying attention. So I'm like, man, he just, he, he wasn't engaged. He didn't get it, whatever. I was kind of sad. Um, after service, our uh, pro presenter guy, the guy who's doing the slides and the music, he starts playing. Normally we play something upbeat, but we wanted to extend that moment of prayer. And so he played this song by Elevation Worship called Do It Again. And so he's playing this song. I'm starting to break down, clean up everything. Towards the end of the song, that newcomer walks up to me. I swear, he had tears welling up in his eye. He comes up to me and says, you know what? I was so moved. I was like, yes. What were you moved by? Our worship set, my sermon, the prayer at the end. Like, I preached my heart out for you, bro. He's like, I was so moved by the song that you guys threw on at the end. Like, dang, that wasn't even us. That's elevation worship, man. A throwaway song that our our media guy just threw on last minute. He's like, those words just reminded me of God's faithfulness. And I feel like God's calling me back to him and to believe again. And so we prayed for him on the spot. And I was like, wow, that's so powerful, isn't it? I mean, honestly, I was a little bit sad. But also, I was like, that's powerful that sometimes where words won't hit us, there's music or song or worship that can move our hearts and transform us in ways that sermons or words or prayers cannot. I mean, just by virtual show of hands, how many of you have ever had this, this crazy disease called ugly crying face syndrome during worship? Where you're in the middle of worship and the words to that song, the lyrics are blasting you so hard. It's expressing the deepest cry of your heart. And all of a sudden you start breaking down, weeping, And being moved in your heart. As you were singing songs to God, you felt a powerful encounter to God. You felt yourself being transformed and moved into the realm of his kingdom. This is the power of worship. Or how many of you have ever been singing a song and as you're singing, the lyrics are just so perfectly expressing what you were not able to express with your own words. I remember during the season where we were transitioning out of our last church, there was a song that I was leading a lot of worship at the time. There's a song that we were singing that just got me every time. It's a song called New Wine by Hillsong. And I'll never forget, every time I sang it at home as I was practicing, I'd break into tears. And even worse, when we were leading on Sunday and singing that song, knowing that we were transitioning out, knowing it was a tough season, I would break down. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. And those words just perfectly resonated my soul's cry, the cry of my heart in that season. And so they were more than just songs I was singing. They were prayers I was singing from the depths of my heart. But you know what? I love that God is so creative that it's not always just Christian songs that move us. Sometimes God speaks through secular songs or songs that don't explicitly mention God or Jesus. You know, a few weeks ago in worship, we sang the tag for that song. In the, when the night has come, 
and the land is dark. You know that song, Lean On Me, Stand By Me? Such a powerful declaration. It's not a Christian song. But when we sing it, we can, we can understand God. I want you to stand by me. Um, I remember one time in college, I was uh, driving and I was flipping on the radio. At the time, Bruno Mars had come out with this hit single, Just the Way You Are. And I remember as we're driving, as I was driving, I I threw on that song. And for some reason, when I was listening to the words of that song, it started to move me. It felt like God was singing these words to me. And I started to break down crying. It's such a powerful, powerful declaration. If you remember the song, it goes, When I see your face, it's not a thing that I would change. Because you're amazing just the way you are. And I'm like in the car crying and we'd be like, God, when you see my face, you say I'm amazing just the way I am. And I was like so moved. That's the power of worship. That's the power of music. It can move our hearts in ways that words cannot. It transforms us. And so first and foremost, singing prayer transforms us and moves us into the reality of his kingdom. But number two, singing prayer helps us remember God's faithfulness. Let me, let me pitch a scenario to you. Have you ever studied really hard for a test? And I mean studied hard. You're studying nights. You're studying an entire week leading up to that test. You're, you're staying up all night the day before. You're studying so hard, just taking all this information, all this knowledge in. You take that test, and the minute you finish, or maybe even an hour or day after, you cannot for the life of you remember anything that you studied Maybe like one fact, but you don't remember anything that you spent all that time studying. On the flip side, you might be maybe doing some household chores and you just haphazardly throw on some music. And all of a sudden, you're not trying to memorize that song, but the next day or maybe even a week later, you find yourself humming that song. And then for some reason, even like a year later, when you hear that song, you remember that you were doing household chores while you were hearing that song. Why is it that you can recall everything about this song and very little about what you studied? Well, science shows that music actually engages the whole brain. The left hemisphere of your brain, which remembers facts, and the right hemisphere of your brain, which remembers music, actually work together as a powerful memory tool. And one of the cool things about the Psalms is that by, by linking words and by linking melodies, they activate both the left and the right hemispheres of the brain to help our songful prayers be locked in our memory banks. And so we see there's this powerful connection between memory and music. And so there's something powerful about singing our prayers because it helps us remember God's faithfulness from those seasons. In fact, great example is I grew up going to a Christian school. We, we had so many memory verses, but I tell you to this day, I do not remember a single memory verse that we memorized from school except one. Ephesians 4.32. And the only reason why I remember that is because they put it to a song. 
Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 4.32, ba-da-da, right? I only remember it because it was set to song. There's something powerful about music, about singing, that taps into our memory. Let me ask you a question. You ever listen to a song and you're automatically transported to that particular moment or that season of your life where that song was playing or really important to you. I know for me, whenever I hear the Jennifer Lopez Ja Rule remix to I'm Real, for some reason I'm transported to my first high school dance because that's right when that song came out. And I'm transported to all the emotions I was feeling, how nervous I was, how awkward I was, how much of a wallflower I was. I didn't know how to dance. It was my first dance. I didn't know what to do. But for some reason, whenever I hear that song, I'm brought back to that traumatic moment in my life. I I had a thought recently. I was listening to a song by Maverick City called The Real Thing. And for some reason, it transports me to last summer when we had our very first summer camp, when we were singing that song a lot. And for some reason, the image that's burned into my mind is as we're singing that song, Dan, who had been praying for a job breakthrough for months, finally got a job right before summer camp. As we're singing that song at summer camp, he's running back and forth, shouting and celebrating. And for some reason, I'm brought to that moment, how beautiful that that retreat was, how beautiful that season was as a church community. And oh, I won't let go. Every time I sing that song, I'm transported to that particular moment. And in the same way, worship, when we sing our prayers, it has an opportunity to bring us back to the moments where that song really proclaimed the faithfulness of God, even when our hearts were We're struggling and failing to believe. John Ortberg says, It's impossible to read the Psalms without being struck by how singing was for the psalmist both an expression of faith and a vehicle through which faith is strengthened. In our singing, we are reminded it can be well with our souls, even when all is wrong around us. Think about this. The songs that you pray at this very moment could be the very vehicle that brings you back to faith when you're struggling in future seasons. This is why songs are so powerful, because singing prayer helps us remember the faithfulness of God. So pay attention to the songs that you're singing in this season. Be intentional about singing the songs that really resonate with what your heart's going through, because I guarantee you, one day, In the future from now, you're going to be listening to that song and remembering the season and remembering what God was doing. And it's going to be cool because in the future, you'll be able to see in hindsight what God has been doing even when you couldn't see it. And so singing prayer transforms us. Singing prayer helps us remember the faithfulness of God. But the last thing is this, singing prayer moves the hand of God. This famous passage in Acts 16, 25 through 26, Paul and Silas are sitting in jail. It says, after midnight, or about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. And so Paul and Silas are sitting in a cell, in jail, arrested. They start singing to God. And all of a sudden, 
the jail doors open, freedom is released. I love reading stories about how important music and singing was to the civil rights movement. Music and singing played a critical role in inspiring, mobilizing, and giving voice to the civil rights protesters. In fact, Martin Luther King Jr. once said that the freedom songs are playing a strong and vital role in our struggle. How many of you know the songs they were singing weren't just songs that were expressing their hearts, but they were prophetic declarations of freedom being released. It's powerful. I believe that the songs did more than just move people from the inside. It was actually affecting change all around them. And that's what happens when we sing our prayers is that it begins moving the hand of God around us. All of a sudden, the reality of heaven begins invading our earth, just like Paul and Silas, where the jail cells flew open. As we sing our prayers, we'll see freedom released all around us. We'll see joy released all around us. We'll see our circumstances affected by the hand of God. Now, I nerd out about this, but some scholars look back to the Genesis narrative. And you know those moments where God is speaking creation into existence? I think a lot of us imagine God saying, let there be light. Boop, light pops out. But what some scholars theorize is that when God physically spoke those words, let there be light, the sound waves reverberated from his lips. And as the sound waves were making its way through the cosmos, it was actually affecting the material universe and creating what he spoke as it moved. And so as he said, let there be light, the sound waves are moving and whatever it moves through, all of a sudden light was produced. Isn't that powerful? When that, that God's physical voice actually could be the very thing that manipulated reality as sound waves made its way through the cosmos. Studies even show the power of sound and the words we speak. I don't know if you've ever seen that experiment where you have two jars of plants and one jar you'll, you'll, you'll like, They'll say really nice things to you like, oh, you're a good plant. Oh, you look really nice. You're looking really green today. And then the other plant every day, you'll look at it and say, bad plant. You're ugly. You're worthless. Wither. And they, they found that over a matter of weeks that the, the plant that you spoke good things to was thriving and healthy. But the plant that you spoke negative things to started to wilt and die. See, our words, the sound that we produce, the the words that we sing are powerful and they can actually affect the physical world around us, especially when we sing songs about the kingdom of God. They actually begin shaping reality around us to reflect that very kingdom. N.T. Wright says, when we sing, the sound made even by small-scale earthbound creatures such as us rings around the rafters that we cannot otherwise reach. When I was in Ethiopia back in 2011, we were doing these really big services. And I remember we were driving to one such service and all of a sudden it started raining. I swear it was a bright day right before, five minutes before, but all of a sudden the clouds started gathering, started raining. And we were really bummed out because we know that all these services are outdoors, that when it rains, people don't show up. And so we're driving to this location Probably people aren't going to show up. It's raining. But I remember for some reason, I just felt this conviction to start singing this old school Jesus song called Shine, Jesus Shine. You guys remember that song? 
And so we're driving on this bus. I start singing, shine, Jesus, shine, fill this land with. And, and all of a sudden, our entire bus starts singing this song, shine, Jesus, shine. And I kid you not, five minutes as we're singing this song, driving, all the clouds part. The sun comes out. And I swear, 10 minutes later, all the clouds are gone. Like, what's going on? Now, could it have just been a coincidence? Maybe. But I like to believe that worship actually can change the material universe around us. And so prayer, singing prayer, moves the hand of God. It allows the the reality of heaven, the reality of the kingdom of God to invade our current reality. And so pay attention to the songs that you're singing. I want you to sing them over your circumstances, sing them over your situation, sing them over your family, sing them over your body, sing them over our world, because they're prophetic declarations that move the hand of God. And so singing prayer transforms us. Singing prayer helps us remember the faithfulness of God. And last, singing prayer moves the hand of God. And so this week, y'all excited for this? We're going to practice singing prayer. And so this is how we're going to do it. I want you to choose one song that you're going to sing this week. And I want you to set aside a time every single day to sing this song. And actually, if you want extra credit, choose a new song every day. But I want you to choose a song that really resonates with what your soul is crying out for right now. I want you to choose a song as your prayer that when you read those lyrics, you're like, this is the prayer of my heart right now. Don't just sing a good song. Sing a song that's meaningful for you right now. And so choose a song and you're going to set aside time every day this week and you're simply going to sit down and you're going to sing that song as your prayer to God. I want you to posture yourself, not just sing to God in worship and adoration of him, but sing these lyrics to him as a song of prayer, a singing prayer to God. And so this is not time to just listen to music or, or just to read the lyrics out loud. You actually have to sing. Remember, it doesn't matter if you have a good voice or not. God is pleased with the heart that sings, not so much the sound that's produced when you sing. And so you can do this a number of ways. You can throw on uh, the actual song and just sing along to it. You can find a YouTube instrumental of that song, sing along to that. If you play instruments, you could play the song with an instrument, or you could just sing a cappella with no other sound. But I want you to be intentional about singing this song or songs, depending on how many songs you want to sing, as your prayer to God this week. And I want you to take extra notice of the words that you're singing And I want you to sing it with your heart. Sing as if you're praying these very words to God. Uh, What we're going to do too is we're going to help you by compiling a list, a database of worship songs by theme or by subject that you can actually draw from if you need a little bit of help to get started. And another thing that we're really excited to do is we're going to open up a public Spotify list that you can start adding the songs that you're praying to throughout the week so we can see what the community is praying through the music that we're listening to. Isn't that powerful? And so you'll have a chance to add the songs that you're singing into that public playlist throughout the week. It will be in the link in your email. And so make sure to do that this week too. But we really encourage you to practice this beautiful practice of singing prayer and take your prayer life to a new level in other words to connect your head and your heart to feel what you're praying and not just know and so we really hope this practice helps you in your journey as you're singing prayer this week 
Um, I'm going to close in prayer, and then I want to lead us in an exercise where we're going to be able to share some of the songs that we're singing and praying this week together. But let's pray. And God, I thank you for giving us the gift of music and singing and worship. And I thank you, Lord, that there's this beautiful marriage between worship and prayer that when we tap into it, we can experience a new reality of your kingdom. And so this week, God, I pray that as we sing prayer, let it transform us and move us into the reality of your kingdom. As we sing prayer this week, would you help us remember your faithfulness? And God, as we sing prayer this week, would your hand move in our circumstances, in our situations, in our relationships, in our world all around us? We love you. We honor you. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray, we say, amen.